Requiem of the Outcast for May 2005, episode 19. Spoilers. You are a harsh mistress. I hear you calling out to me in your sultry manner, enticing me to come into your arms and drink of which my heart desires, but I must not. I have but one chance for my joy to be pure and perfect. If I devile that holiest of places in my heart, you know that I will not be able to turn back. Every time I'm around you, I feel your pull. I can see you in your finest of dress, knowing that what I seek is just within my reach. But if I pluck your forbidden fruit, its sweet nectar will be too much, and I will be sullied. Unable to hide my true feelings any longer, my fear is that you will not be as good as I hoped. Maybe you won't be able to fulfill all of my needs, and I must tarry longer. Though you may be a temptuous bitch, my heart longs for that first time. The night that I must be with my love for that one single perfect moment. And I will be there for you at 12.01 on May 19th. I'm sorry, but I only have one chance at my first time. very different uh, style of episode this month, just because we were all so exhausted from C3 and have a little bad news. Janine is currently in Iraq, so I want you to keep her in your prayers, thoughts, but just uh, whatever you do, just uh, you know, keep her in your thoughts, and not in the way you're thinking, Robbie, okay? Try to keep them a little bit more pure, given the situation. But she should be back in just a few weeks. It is for- fortunately a temporary duty. So, uh, we recorded quite a bit, but of course, uh, due to, uh, not necessarily bad planning, but just circumstances, uh, we were going to record, uh, the bulk of the show at C3 on the way home. We were able to get quite a bit. However, unfortunately, technical difficulties, uh, big surprise there. So I'm coming to you now with a few notes, a few extra little things, and fortunately, many of the interviews that I was able to do at Celebration 3. Unfortunately, because it was so stinking big, there were a lot of interviews I didn't get to. And so what my hope is is that I'll either be able to track those people down at uh, other cons or we can uh, completely get the technology to actually call people up. I know that we once had that, but unfortunately, due to circumstances and more technical difficulties, we don't have that ability now. I'm Sherilyn Lambeth. I'm a costume and proud member of the 501st. My website is www.galleryquest.net, and I am an outcast. All right, our first news item, free comic book day, coming up May 7th of 2005, coming up uh, just around the corner. Um, 
basically, you can go to uh, any of the participating comic book stores and you get free comics. It's kind of a way to promote the industry, to get people started, and the fact that most comic books cost anywhere between uh, 27 and uh, $52 uh, for, for any four-page spread. You know, it's a good way to, to, to get people some uh, free content for needing their comic fix. Now, the reason why I bring that up is not just because of, you know, comic books can always be fun, but Star Wars comics are actually going to be given away. Dark Horse has provided uh, quite a few Star Wars comics to various uh, to, to quite a few stores, and of course you can find more information about this uh, at freecomicday.com, which will also be in the show notes at the website at our website. Excuse me. And uh, the re- another reason why I want to bring this up is because throughout the country there are going to be many different uh, Fan Force, Rebel Legion, Five O First Jedi Assembly. Um, quite a few of the fan groups are getting together to be at these to uh, help promote charities while there. So if you can, go to freecomicday.com, hit their store locator, and see if there's one near you. The final news bit is the great Luke Ski, who of course is going to be appearing at Con Carolinas June 3rd through the 6th, I believe. Uh, more information about that via our website and the show notes. Now, of course, I want to reiterate that this song will be debuting on Sunday, May 8th. And uh, to find more information about where the Dr. Demento show is playing near you, you can go to www.lukeski.com slash demento.htm. Uh, we'll also have that in the show notes. But uh, once it's aired, you can also request to hear it again at www.clamhead.com slash drdrequest.html. Again, I'll put them in the show notes. Now, something for all of you spoiler people out there, uh, that, and this is directly from Luke Ski's website. In case you haven't figured it out by now, listening to Luke Ski's new song about Episode 3 will indeed inform you of things that are happening in the movie, which could potentially spoil it for you. So if it is really that important to you, I guess you should wait until after May 19th to try to hear the song. But honestly, do you really not know what happens to Anakin at the end of the movie? George pretty much told us all what happens to him about 21 years ago. Now, of course, having said that, uh, I personally am waiting. I'm a huge fan of Luke Ski, but I'm going to wait because we've got one chance, uh, as stated before, we've got one chance for this to be perfect, and I don't want to spoil it yet, but... May 20th, I'm going to be heading, I'm going to find a way to listen to that song, because I'm really excited about it. Everything we've heard about it is just amazing. Between uh, talking to Luke Ski, uh, you know, hearing from what other people have said, it, it's going to be awesome. And coming up next, we have an interview with the founder of the Jedi Assembly. Now, if you're not sure what the Jedi Assembly is, uh, it is basically, it's a costuming group, much like the 501st of Rebel Legion. However, these guys are all about the Jedi, which was really cool because we got to see not your typical bathrobe Jedi, but some freaking high-quality Jedi costumes. And they were just as much in force as the, the other fan groups and helping out volunteering and such. And when we come back from that, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what happened at C3, as well as a little bit of information from Heart of the Empire. 
Hi, how you doing? What is your name? Uh, my name is Anthony Forster. And what organization do you belong to? I'm with the Jedi Assembly. As a matter of fact, you hold a special position in the Jedi Assembly. Yes, sir. I'm the founder of the Jedi Assembly. All right. Now, with uh, other organizations such as the 501st and the Rebel Legion, what inspired you to create another branch of uh, Lucas costuming? <laughs> well, with, with great homage to the 501st and the Rebel Legion, who started it all, um, Basically wanting a complete group of Jedi Knights, um, not only as, as costumers, but as friends, um, and just people to share the love of, of the Jedi costume and character. Phenomenal. Is this your first uh, celebration? First celebration, yes. All right. What do you expect to, uh, to see? Great actors, a lot of great costumes, um, and just a, a great experience the whole weekend. All right, here's a quick chance to plug the hell out of the Jedi Assembly. Go for yeah. it. The uh, URL is www.thejediassembly.com. And that is a V in front of that, correct? T-H-E-J-E-D-I-A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y.com. We've got a website. We've got a message board. There's links there to uh, costuming, uh, prop making, um, links to the 501st and the Rebel Legion. <laughs> and uh, it's a... It's, it's a it's a good organization. I'm proud to, to know everybody that has joined. You are listening to Requiem of the Outcast. For more information and show notes, visit requiemoftheoutcast.com. You know, I was really, really impressed with the Jedi Assembly. To be honest, I hadn't heard of them until this convention, and I uh, ended up meeting um, this fella probably... Uh, around six or seven o'clock uh to volunteer the very first day of the convention so and of course speaking of the convention uh the one of the most amazing events happened to me the very first day that i was there uh they needed volunteers so of course you know i jumped on the uh the wagon help out whatever i could do and i got the actually fun job of passing out show bags now show bags were you know at first you would think that they're swag or something like that but they really weren't it was basically just huge promotional uh items for target uh brian's toys uh, a few other places nothing really cool in there that you could live without besides the bag itself which was pretty groovy as it has uh one of the new blue uh clone troopers on on the cover in an action running pose but while I was handing uh, the bags out, just to make the time pass a little bit quicker, I was goofing around with some of the people that were uh, coming up, you know, just being my overly friendly self. Well, and lo and behold, there was a couple that came up. The guy was wearing, uh, I believe he had an Imperial shirt. She had a Rebel shirt, you know, just the giant logos on them. And I said, wow, hey, you guys, you know, hope you enjoy the con. But, wow, Imperial. I like the Imperial. I, I dig the shirts, you know, the Rebel shirt, too. But... Do you guys ever find that there's a lot of struggle in your relationship? You know, does it ever feel like a civil war or something like that? You know, just being real cheesy and, and goofy because it had been working for the other three hours so far. And, you know, they looked at me and was like, oh, well, you know, actually it doesn't really give us any problems or anything. But uh, what I really want to see, what I really want to know is if there's more Roto or if there are any Roto shirts. And I said, well, Roto, huh? Well, what do you mean by that? See, I wasn't wearing my Roto shirt at the time. I wore I wore my various Roto shirts throughout uh, the convention. But at that point in time, I was wearing one of my volunteer shirts. So I questioned him. Well, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, Roto. I mean, you can never really have too much of that. What, I really want to find more Roto. Well, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, Roto. I say, no, what do you mean? He's like, well, you're rich, aren't you? 
I said, yes, I am. Turns out it was somebody who recognized my voice from the show. And you know what? I couldn't have been happier. That one moment really solidified how cool this convention would end up being. Um, be- between these guys, and I feel so bad because I'm forgetting their names. I think his name was Brian, and I don't remember what his lovely, lovely girlfriend's name was. I, oh, why can't I remember? She was gorgeous. She had this great costumes uh, throughout the convention. Uh, had this really good um, Bear Sophie, I believe it is. It's either Bear Sophie or Luminari Undi. Um, and he had a, he had a tremendous Luke, uh, Return of the Jedi Luke, just really, really good. And I ended up hanging out with him for a little while. We had, matter of fact, uh, we had dinner with uh, Danny and Sebastian and Kit Fisto from uh, uh, from Star Wars on Direct. Uh, we had dinner at the Ram, which of course you'll hear more about uh, later on. But you know, it, I, I feel so bad because I forgot their names. Please, if when you guys hear this, email me so I can remember your names. But there's a, there's one thing I have to mention about dinner. I don't know if the Star Wars on Direct guys have mentioned it yet. But we were at dinner at the Ram, and, of course, I had just recently found out about the Ride That Jedi uh, shirt gimmick thing that they got going on over there. And, you know, (laughs) we're at dinner, and we see the guy who plays Kit Fisto walk by. Hey, man, how you doing? You can tell by the dreads and the smile. Um, Apparently, the character was greatly modeled after him. And next, of course, comes uh, a couple other stars. And then the absolutely stunning Amy Allen walks by. And I see Sebastian's face just light up. I'm thinking, you know, what? wait a second, what does this guy have going on? You you know, I'd been around these guys for probably about maybe an hour at the most. But I could tell that something was going on in that mind of his. And, <laughs> and we would find out very soon. So he sends up and says, Miss Allen, Miss Allen, please, please, I have a question for you. You know, we, we are big fans of your character. I'm, I'm just going to drop the, the accent. My French accent isn't very good right now because it's very late. I'm tired. Anyway, um, <clears throat> he, uh, and you'll, you'll find later on throughout this episode, I have very much trouble with uh, accents. Uh, but he stands up and says, Miss Allen, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. Um, as a matter of fact, I have happened to be wearing a shirt that uh, that you might be interested in. And she says, oh, okay. You know, kind of a little apprehensive, but, uh, you know, I'm sure she's dealt with uh, fanboys a lot lately, especially at, you know, the Star Wars convention. So she, uh, Sebastian stands up and takes his jacket off. And he is wearing the Ride That Jedi shirt. And, of course, it's got a picture of Ayla Secura on there, the character that Amy Allen plays. And the look of absolute, <laughs> you know, it was it was horror slash curiosity slash shock slash amazement. Uh, it, it was just something to truly behold. I mean, her beautiful face was contorted in a shape that was not meant for human faces unless under extreme duress. So I don't know if the guys got their shirt signed. Um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, <laughs> if she had them escorted out. I, I, I guess you'd probably have to double-check with the, the guys <laughs> to find that out for sure. And what ultimately happened with that, because I know that they were planning on going to the uh, the autograph hall to have that shirt signed. Um <laughs> Guys, I hope it went well. Um, too bad nobody uh, was around to videotape that. 
But, you know, and, uh, another funny thing that happened with the uh, Star Wars on Direct guys, uh, they were broadcasting, well, they, they were recording, rather, from the uh, one of the parties, I, I guess it was the fan the fan. Fan Force uh, 501st Rebel Legion Jedi Assembly uh, GR party um, at the Hyatt, I believe it was. You know, I was walking around. I saw them over there. I just wanted to say hello, and, and they started plugging in another microphone and invited me to stay. You know, okay, sure. You know, I'm not going to pass up a chance to shamelessly promote myself. Um, so <laughs> try to hi- hijack another show, whatever, you know, um, which incidentally I, I was planning on getting a interview with the guys, but just because of the sheer insanity of Celebration 3, I was not able to make it there. And I'm sorry, guys, I know that I was going to go to your recording in the final day also, but I ended up, uh, we, we went ahead and did a final sweep of the, uh, you know, the volunteers, we did a final sweep of the uh, convention center and of course, we we retreated to two more showings of the uh, episode three footage. <laughs> uh, you can understand why I missed the party. But uh, plus, there was also uh, SpatCon afterwards, which was a party not to be missed, thanks to the. Uh, well, I'll get to that later. But while I was on the air there, um, there there were, at the party there were many celebs that were walking around, and of course the Star Wars on Direct guys, not one to miss an opportunity either, uh, jumped at the chance to have many of these celebrities on the show. Uh, which, of course, <clears throat> kudos to you guys. That was really good thinking. Um, it was, I guess, odd timing that they brought Aaron Alston over uh, when when I was on, because I think I was probably on uh, on the show for maybe a half hour or so, and uh, they brought in Aaron Alston. <clears throat> and <laughs> it was kind of funny because, uh, you know, Aaron, we we had won an award for our interview with Aaron Austin, Timothy Zahn, and the Star Wars on Direct guys, Danny Sebastian. Of course, they were uh, introducing themselves to Aaron. Oh, hello, thank you for coming, being on the show, you know. And uh, they were sticking out their hands, shaking his hand, and everything. And he sees me, and he says, "Oh, hi, Rich. How you doing? Uh, you know, it's really good to see you. I'm glad you were able to be here. And uh, how did how did that interview go for you uh, that we did a while back at at StellarCon? And I said, "Oh, man." I gotta tell you, we you know we won an award and everything. You, you know, it was fantastic. It was great. I wanted to thank you so much for being on. He says, well, that's very good. You know, and uh, of course, you know, I, I, um, I'm glad that I could do that for Requiem of the Outcast. And uh, you know, if you ever need anything else, and so it was really, <laughs> it was amazing to have Aaron Austin basically plugging my show. <laughs> <laughs> on uh on I guess competitor show not not that really I think that uh Star Wars on direct is uh, any competition I say that in a tongue in cheek way of course and there is no competing amongst our shows at least none uh above the table I think that we always strive to do the best that we can do and uh of course as a producer I do constantly keep in the back of my mind hey how are we doing in comparison to everybody else you know but anyway uh, I really had a lot of fun, you know, got to got to ask one or two questions, which at first I didn't think I'd have any, but uh, but was able to ask a question, you know, and, and, and just generally had a fun time being on, on, on the show for my, my small segment. Um, having said all of that, you've, you've heard a little bit about the parties, about the fun. There was considerable amount of work that was done by the volunteers. I've gone on record saying that uh, Gen Con, the guys who put on Celebration 3, they did a lot of good work. However, some of their volunteers 
really tried to shank the 501st guys, or not necessarily the 501st guys, but the volunteers out there. I saw a lot of them, uh, you know, working really hard, but because they really were not prepared for the amount of people, they kind of got lost in the mix. And sometimes some of us 501st guys had to step up. And I, when I say 501st, I'm, I'm kind of grouping every, all the other volunteers. All I know is all of the volunteers I saw were 501st. So the Rebel Legion folks that were there, the, the Jedi Assembly folks, that, and I don't know if any fan force were uh, invited to, to help out, but uh, if there were any other groups that were helping out, I want to say thank you for helping us, you know, helping everybody uh, together as a team. But I didn't see you guys, so if I relate all the volunteers to 501st, then I'm sorry. But uh, all of the volunteers oftentimes were had to step up to to take charge of whatever is going on. Whether our decisions were right or wrong, it didn't matter because there were at least decisions being made. Because oftentimes we were told one thing, which was repealed later on, sometimes five minutes later in and it, maybe the answer that we were given wasn't as good as ours, but that was the one that was n- necessary because that's what had been found out. Now, having said that, there were many times where I know I personally was stranded and we basically had to abandon the post because there was no way that we could keep everybody back because we had no idea where to shuffle people. Uh, the One of the George Lucas lines was like that where uh, myself, Jim Epps, uh, Marsha, and Chris Sanders, we were trying to... Uh, kind of direct the special assistance folks, uh, try to get them nice and lined up, which fortunately we were able to. But then we kind of had to take over as basically gate guards for this one area. But then the the uh, store line started to wind around. Then apparently they just let the floodgates open. And while we're trying, we asked a black shirter, which is what we started to call a lot of the Gen Con folks because of their uh, signature black shirts. We started to ask them to go and find out, you know, what are we supposed to do? Where's going on? We got a whole lot of people that we, as far as we know, snuck in. And what's going on? Well, 20 minutes pass. We never hear back from the guy that we sent out. So finally we were like, look, this is ridiculous. we got 500 people all literally upon us. We cannot hold this breach any longer. So we basically just, we, we, we walked upstairs. <laughs> we literally had to get above the sea of people because there was no way that we could control it anymore because it was just two guys. Uh, by that time, I know we'd sent Marsha and Jim up to go uh, watch a show because they'd, they'd been working for a long time and they were... They really wanted to get in to see the show. Uh, Chris and I were like, yeah, if we get in, we get in. So we were going to stay and work the third uh, third show lines. But after they just let the floodgates in and basically just left us high and dry, we, we, were, we flat out said, screw this, and went upstairs and started to help direct traffic up there. So uh, there were a lot of cases where that, and, you know, I don't, do I blame the Gen Con folks? Eh, kind of. They should have known a little bit more about what the hell they were doing, but... I cannot fault them for that because how in the hell do you prepare for 30 plus thousand people to be all in one area all at the same time? They couldn't. So, uh, you know, Gen Con folks, if you're listening, you guys did a, you guys did a good job for what you, what you knew. All in all, we keep hearing that it was all of us volunteers, 501st mainly, that saved their asses. But keep in mind, that the Gen Con folks were understaffed and were not ready for the onslaught of people. So they still did pretty damn good for what they knew and what they had. Many decisions were booked on the fly. Uh, the biggest thing was communication. And there were some individual Gen Con folks that were paid volunteers that kind of left us holding the bag where I had to put my foot down and said, look, 
you know, we are not going to be the ones telling these people this because you're either going to just repeal it or, you know what, we're going to get bitched at and you're a paid mem- you're a paid person, you handle that. So, um, having said all of that, th- those were just for the Rick McCallum lines, the George Lucas lines, and I think the store lines. I think uh, there were a lot of people that were kind of getting shafted with the store lines. Beyond that, volunteering was the best freaking thing that I did there because not only did they have the you know, line for everybody else, they had the line for the fan force people, or not fan force, but fan club people, the hyperspace members, but then they always had an extra volunteers, either line, entrance, whatever. And so we were able to bypass a lot of that for when we were not working. Uh, even when it came to getting in line to see some of the uh, the shows. And we were only turned away once or twice. And in those instances, it was for a good reason, and I didn't mind. It was because they were trying to pack, uh, I think one of them was for Star Wars in 30 Minutes, which was real damn shame that I missed that. Uh, we got to see at the opening ceremony them doing the uh, the, <laughs> the episode 3 trailer uh, impromptu, basically like, oh, 20 minutes before they told us we were going on stage and we should do something. Okay, well, we'll do the trailer, which was really funny. If you ever get a chance to watch those guys, go see them also. Uh, absolutely astounding was the one-man Star Wars trilogy. Charlie Ross is a friggin' genius and an artiste. Not just an artist, but an artiste. If you get a chance to check him out, do it. I think his website is onemanstarwars.com. He's also got the One Man uh, Star Wars trilogy. Um, I talked to him. We set up an interview. There had been some miscommunications about where to go and what happened, and uh, his his cell phone was constantly off or out of reception, so either that or he was ignoring my calls, one of the two. But I did meet him at SPATCON, and he said he felt really bad about uh, missing me, so him as well as Jeff Allen and the crew from Trooper Clarks. Was, we had an interview set up with them, and uh, we weren't able to hook up uh, just because of we had some mixed information. They told me Courtyard Marriott and everybody, when I asked where the Courtyard Marriott was, they kept sending me to the Marriott. So uh, a lot of Mr. Re- uh, miscommunication there, as well as Mr. Tom Hodges, which was somebody I was so looking forward to interviewing. But... Every t- he just told me to come on into the uh, come on into the art room where his table was set up, and every time I went in there throughout the four day con, he was either taking a potty break, he was uh, he was doing a panel, <laughs> he was doing this, doing that, doing whatever, and so I I missed him and I kept missing him. But Tom Hodges is a phenomenal artist, and I really wanted to be a part of the panel that he did, but they needed volunteers very badly, and so I was unable to make that panel it's about learning how to draw star wars characters and when you see his sketch cards that come out the tops heritage sketch cards holy crap you're going to be blown away um all of the prints from the art show because i did wander around and look in there all of the prints from the art show were amazing um so if you get a chance go to starwars.com i think they've got all the uh, information on everybody there same with uh starwarscelebration.com i believe but uh you know of course you can go to tomhodges.com uh phenomenal artist, actually somebody that I look to as an artistic hero because I love his art style so much. It's one that I always wanted to learn. It's a little reminiscent to the old Dark Horse uh, Tales of the Jedi style, but he uses a lot more straight lines and stuff like that, which, you know, unless you're an artist, really doesn't make a difference. But uh, he's currently writing the uh, Reversal of Fortune, I believe it is. It's uh uh, it's, it's a hyperspace web web comic, and to be honest, once episode three comes out, I plan on joining hyperspace specifically so I can read his comics. Reason why I personally have stayed away from hyperspace is just because of the fact that I'm spoiler free. I really can't justify paying forty bucks for nothing right now because it's all spoilers, and I don't want to find out about it. So, 
Actually, I really hope that uh, Star Wars goes through Dark Horse and releases Reversal of Fortune in a comic print. So, Lucas, I know you guys always listen to the show. Big fans, you know. Uh, please, please put out Tom Hodge's stuff in, in some kind of a collectible, trade paperback, something. Um, anyway, got a little off topic there. Big surprise, big surprise. So, the, the volunteering was, was awesome, like I said. Uh, best thing ever, because we were able to just kind of zip through some of the stuff that we wanted to see, like the Lucasfilm archives. I went in there, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, this is great, this is great, they really want to go in, the line was long as hell. And you know, I, I, after going through it the first time, and I ended up going back in there a few times with various friends and stuff like that, I really wasn't all that impressed. Um, I guess I anticipated more. Um, they had, you know, you walk in, you got Hayden Christensen's uh, Vader suit, kind of turned the corner, you've got... Uh, on the right, you've got a model of Mustafar, and then behind Vader's uh, display, they had the outfits that uh, Ewan McGregor wore, uh, Hayden Christensen wore, and Natalie Portman wear, uh, which was nice to see the level of detail and the, the layering and stuff like that. You know, I've been getting a little bit more into costumes and stuff, so it was really neat to see that. But again, uh, okay, if you're not really big into costuming, you know, whatever. Um, you come down a little bit further, right smack dab in the middle, they've got a collection case of various lightsabers of Darth Maul, Vader, Anakin's, Obi-Wan's, Luke's, Yoda's, Dooku's. Really neat. But again, just neat. Uh, they also had one of the, uh, predecessors to the Adat from Empire Strikes Back. Can't really remember the designation of it. I'm getting a little rusty on my, I really don't know a whole lot about the prequels. Haven't been as rabid as I was about the, uh, Original trilogy. Um, came in, there was also, there was the, two of the huge models of the Millennium Falcon, uh, two various scales. One of them, which was probably as tall as a person, probably about six, seven foot long. So that was really neat to look at, and then they had a smaller, about six inch scale one. Um, then they had, of course, the Wookiees, which you could really see the height difference between Chewie and, uh, Tarful in random Wookiee warrior number four. I, I don't remember his name. And of course, and, of course, what was amazing about these was the fact that they were the real costumes. Uh, a little bit further down, you had the Yoda, <clears throat> one of the original Yoda puppets, uh, a nice little display. And then they also had, uh, you know, a sand crawler. They had the land speeder model that they used, uh, <laughs> complete with the Lee Majors $6 million man figures inside of it, dressed as the various characters. And then they also had, actually, my favorite part was looking at, because, you know, I'm, I'm slowly kind of getting into the props and stuff like that, especially with the costuming alongside of it. But they actually had a case full of the blasters. They had the Wookiee blasters over on the side, but here they had various thermal detonators, blasters, pistols, uh, rifles, r a really neat display of all of the guns. But that was pretty much it. Now, of course, you know, there's the, the nostalgia of, hey, these were in the movies. And for a costume slash prop guy, it was like, hey, cool, you know, how'd they do this? And let me look at it closely. But beyond that, that was pretty much all it was. Uh, for me, if, if I hadn't been a volunteer, I would have thought it was a huge waste of my time standing in line. And boy, was there a line. I think a lot of people really just anticipated there being a lot more there. Uh, possibly if they'd, you know, maybe they just didn't, Lucasfilm didn't realize how much uh, room there was going to be. Forsaken Sun Productions presents. You know what the 501st is? Excuse me? No. <laughs> the 501st? No. Is that a uh, college savings fund? I don't know. <laughs>
historian, the worldwide organization. From the perspective of its members. And the people who inspire them. When I first go into a room, you walk in, you see a child resting there. And when they see you know, a stormtrooper, you see just their eyes light up. And I think when the 501st can make a difference in someone's life emotionally, um, that just has such a greater impact. Are you going to stay? I'd be honored. I tend to fall apart at the worst moments, worst possible moments. Fighting stereotypes. We're the coolest people in this hotel. I think we have you beat. I think they're trying to escape from reality. Fighting for their communities. It added a completely different element. Fighting each other. He's bringing up stuff that gets into arguments. Kind of a one-sided thing, it sounds like. It's discrimination. Can't we all just get along? Heart of an Empire. The life and times of the Fighting 501st. Who's the 501st? Coming soon. www.heartofanempire.com Many of you have heard us talk about Heart of an Empire. And the Heart of an Empire, of course, heartofanempire.com started off as a uh, documentary on the 501st, but has since spiraled to the struggle fight of Katie Johnson, uh, somebody who's become very close to me as I've uh, grown closer to her father, gotten to know her father a lot more, Alvin Johnson, the founder of the 501st. Um, Jay Thompson, I am blown away with every time I see more and more footage that he's pieced together from Heart of an Empire. And, folks, we saw just some rough cuts, and not not of the whole movie, but we saw first where the original direction of the film was going, uh, which was cool, to the latest direction of where the movie is going. And it it's just stunning. Um, there was, after watching it, there was not a dry eye in the, the theater that we were in. It was astounding. Um, Jay has really just outdone most filmmakers. Um and uh, you know, aside from the source material, this this film is going to put him on the map. And you know, getting a little <laughs> getting a little choked up just thinking about it now. Um, I just want to play uh, this interview uh, with Jim Epps. I believe that the audio is is strong enough for you to hear. But also, uh, following that is an interview with Jeff Roney where we spoke about it. I, I spoke to him right after watching the footage, and then of course we go on to talk a little bit about uh, Celebration 3 and Tatooine TV. We're Jim Epps from the Carolina Garrison, and uh, I suppose Rich wants me to talk about how much we just boo-hooed in the amazing presentation by Jay Thompson on the, uh, the Heart of the Empire, where he, his part two went straight to the heart of, of, of what we are and, and the trouble that has occurred for uh, Alvin and his family with the situation with Katie. 
and it just touched all our hearts in such an amazing way. We're going to do anything and everything for her. Um, and even taking the, the Darth Vader figures I've picked up here at the convention, and, and we're going to use those to raise money for her. But anyway, we, we shed quite a few tears just a few minutes ago. I am here at C3, and guess who is with me? Mr. Jeff Roney, and of course his love, Love Lee, I should say. That's awesome. Now, you guys were able to sit in on the Heart of an Empire yes. uh, segment. What, would, what did you think of that, about that? It's fantastic. Um, it was very interesting the way uh, the movie started out going somewhere, and then because of a tragic turn of events, it actually turned into something that could help uh, Katie. And uh, I really thought that was the greatest thing. Uh, and uh, so we're, we were touched and moved by it, and we certainly want to get behind it and uh, want to get you behind it, too. So um, I think it's a worthy, worthy cause. And how about you? I had no idea what Five Up was all about. I mean, they were just guys who dressed up in stormtrooper costumes or what have you. And when I saw Heart of um, an Empire, that really just made an impact. That's what changed my whole attitude about this. So now when people say, oh, you've got to be kidding me, you went to the you went to a, a Star Wars convention with a bunch of geeks dressed up, now I know what to say to them and say, you know, it's more than just that. There's a lot more to it. You have no idea what you're talking about. You need to go see this movie. So that's what I, that's what I think. But overall, it's been a really, really, really great experience. But uh, how you guys been enjoying the con so far? This has been a great day. Um, we, we're glad we came, and we're glad we uh, picked certain things that we really wanted to come see and not kind of just see, trying to see everything. Uh, the lines have been uh, a lot longer than we thought. The weather's been interesting, but I guess you can't have a celebration without rain. So, you know, we're having a main celebration here, full of rain, hail, man. Um, but it's cool. It's really cool. I mean, the coolest thing is meeting folks like Rich, uh, meeting folks like uh, Star Wars Undirect guys, uh, Sean Crosby's been here, I met Lauren Peterson, so um, that's really been the greatest thing, just meeting folks that I maybe email, talk to, that kind of thing, so it's great. Well, that's awesome. Now, how long have you guys been having to wait in lines for, or have you been able to avoid the brunt of that? Well, uh, I came early yesterday, and I waited in line. It's probably probably about 45 minutes in the rain, and so we decided to kind of cut it later today. And I'm glad we did. There was no line. And, again, we picked things that were in the afternoon so we wouldn't have to wait in any, any lines. Not a big line at all. So uh, that's that's really a survival kit we can give anybody is to arrive late unless you're really, unless you didn't bring your wife, you're <laughs> single, you have no life, then by all means wait in the rain, be the first in, uh, wait early in the celebration shop lines. Perfect. Um, but... As far as buying anything, it's been crazy. Absolutely insane. Can't even move around. So. Matt, we've had a good time. Have you guys been able to check out the episode 3 footage yet at the Rick McKellen Spectacular? No. We, yeah. we did not see that, but I have a feeling it'll show up on hyperspace at some point. <laughs> so, we'll be okay. Now, have you gotten uh, any more excited about episode 3 since being here, seeing all of the, the sights, the costumes, the, the passion in everybody else? Well, I tell you, I was iffy at best. Uh, there's a friend of mine that works for, uh, has a friend that works for ILM, and he's heard some things and seen Yoda, this and that. Um, and he's been iffy, and so I've been leaning towards, you know, not liking it. But I read the novel and loved it. I loved every page, every word. I think it's a fantastic way to, to end this middle part, and uh, I'm up. And I'm glad that there are so many people here. That's a plus and a minus. It's such a great thing, it's such a great film, and there's so many people here to enjoy it, but there's so many people here to enjoy it, you know, it makes it hard to see things. 
So no, I'm I'm amped about it, pumped about it, and I really think it's going to be the best movie that he's done so far. Has anybody recognized Tatooine TV yet? Uh, a few people. Uh, Danny did. Uh, Janine did. Uh, Ron did. That's about it. The audio community. Well, we all like to stick together. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've got the uh, the film presence with uh, Heart of an Empire. We've True. also got the fan film influence with Trooper Clerks. True. I think maybe if there's another celebration, we need to get some audio folk in there. I think so. But until then, agree. but until then, you can get your audio fix at Con Carolina. It's coming up June. True. <laughs> Absolutely. In Charlotte, North Carolina. Sure. Well, guys, it's always good to talk to you. I'm glad you guys were able to make it out here to, of course, the biggest Star Wars celebration. And uh, go ahead and plug the uh, plug your show, plug your projects, and what's coming up. Tatooine TV is winding down. Uh, we have two more episodes. Uh, you can get those at jrdonline.com and uh, download those. And uh, we're looking to maybe start to venture into video, which is a scary venture. But uh, that's kind of the next step that we're doing. We're also thinking about doing some dramatic things. So JRD Online is going to be the place that you want to check for uh, some exciting things. We're interconnected with uh, everybody else. So I'm quite sure we'll have a lot of help from everybody that probably you know. So Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. No problem. If you'd like to drop us a line, visit us on the web at requiemoftheoutcast.com or visit our boards at galacticsenate.com. And now, back to the show. I am not Captain Jack Sparrow. I am an outcast. You savvy? Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. That was not Captain Jack Sparrow. That was a fellow uh, who dre- who has the face done up as Captain Jack. Absolutely amazing. Flawless. He's got the hat, the, the the eyes, the swagger, the voice, everything down pat. But the bottom half is strangely trooper-ish. He's wearing stormtrooper armor while he's doing this. He's just sans helmet, sans bucket, um, which which kind of leads me to gimmick costumes. Um, there were a few gimmick costumes at Celebration 3. Big surprise, big surprise. Uh, everything from the tie-dye trooper, which is somebody who has tie, uh, the TK armor, which is completely tie-dyed. Um, to uh, a guy wearing Django Fett armor with uh, a lava lamp on and all kinds of various things attached to his armor in place of uh, almost like a ghetto Fett, I suppose, uh, to Captain Jack, to, of course, uh, the the walking lightsaber, which, when extended, looked a bit too phallic for me. Uh, of course, there are pictures on our website. Um, <laughs> but one of my favorite ones is the Elvis Trooper. You no doubt have either heard of him or seen pictures of him or seen him at cons, especially if you go to Dragon Con. Uh, you can go to his website, elvistrooper.com. You can see all the various places where he has been and people that he has had pictures taken with. Uh, some especially are the uh, lovely anime Angie from sci-fizoneradio.com. Uh, and wow, nice, nice, uh, nice costumes, we'll say, or lack thereof. Um, but you can also see Janine in her very respectable green, uh, Lord of the Rings dress. I can't recall the character off the top of my head as it is very late still. So, um, (laughs) but Elvis Trooper was somehow able to get onto the Trivial Pursuit Special Edition, Saga Edition coming out, uh, the Star Wars one, asking a question. I don't know how, but he did. Uh, the only time that I've ever actually seen him with a bucket on, apparently, was during the footage of G4's uh, video game awards. He was there and had the the, the regular armor and the helmet. So, 
there were uh, five of first. Uh, many of the five of first members had uh, trading cards that they were giving out that were made uh, with them on them, which is something that's really cool. A lot of them were signing them and stuff. And uh, and of course Elvis, he was just awesome. He was handing them out left and right, and just willing to pose for pictures. And uh, gimmick costumes can be very cool, but uh, I know that f- some people, as long as they're not taken too far. Uh, another one of my favorite ones was the Vote for Pedro stickers that were on some of the TK armors. Um, I know that that raised the cockles of some of the hardcore 501st. Oh, that shouldn't have been there. But, uh, you, you know, it's it, it, it's kind of funny. People are complaining about people expressing love and interest for a movie while they're dressed up expressing love and interest in a movie. So... Anyway, um, if you go to convention, that, that's really one of the reasons to go to conventions is to see the costumes, but also to see the personalized costumes. I also wanted to say at Celebration 30, which I really wish I had been able to go to, was the uh, Fan Film Awards. Um, congrats to all of the winners. Um, I, I saw all of the finalists on uh, at Adam Films, and they were absolutely amazing. Uh, Pink 5, of course, uh, the series continues. Really can't wait to see... Uh, Revenge of Pink Five, and in in an unfortunate moment that I missed, Janine met Stacy, and they had a little conversation. I really wish I'd been there for that, but of course, because of the convention as big as it was, I rarely got to see Ron and Janine, and we were actually our rooms were just down from each other. So, but anyway, uh, so goes convention life, especially amongst thirty thousand plus people. But in addition to the fan film winners, uh, the guys from InfoMedia, they recorded an extra special edition of one of their songs, One Season More, which is, oh my gosh, is amazing, which I'm, I'm tempted to play here, but you know, the, the quality of what would come out just isn't good enough for what this song deserves. So, uh, I'm hoping in the future that we will not only review these guys again, which hails back from our first episode, to even going through and reviewing the fan film winners. Be able to go through all of them, tell them which ones we liked, which ones we didn't, and why we liked them. And uh, hopefully pass on to you, because I know that the fan film world is getting thick out there. There's every, Nearly everybody's coming up with a fan film of, of, of their own, and it's very difficult to weed through all of the garbage that's out there. Uh, many very talented filmmakers, this is where they get their start. But of course, every extremely brilliant, masterful filmmaker now sucked at one point in time. And, of course, fan films tend to be the training ground for that. So while it is very good that everybody's getting their experience and practice, it is very unfortunate for those of us who who want to watch them. So <laughs> so if you know of any fan films that you particularly like and would love us to plug, or, uh, just please email me. Come to our website, requiemoftheoutcast.com. Or give us a call at 206-333-1138, and uh, we'll see what we can do about that. I was actually contacted by from the guys who did Die, Lucas, Die, which uh, <laughs> I watched the trailer, and I was pretty blown away by the trailer. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, they're going to send a DVD, so we'll be able to review it, and we'll talk a little bit about it uh, here on the show. And finally, we uh, we recorded a bunch on the way home. Um, now keep in mind that this was recorded after many hours of volunteering, line waiting, and driving. So we were all pretty worn out. But, uh, uh Ron was sick, uh, Janine was being, was over getting, uh, over being sick. 
And, of course, the lovely Rebecca in the back being very quiet, as she always is, which is unfortunate because uh, she was the wonderful actress in the Ring parody, which many of you have listened to, which is available also at RecommendOutcast.com or our podcast. So uh, we're, I'm going to go ahead and play the uh, audio from our trip home. And after that, uh, I really hope that you guys enjoy what I have after that is uh, an interview from George Stuckey, who is a, a George Lucas impersonator. But before that happens, here's the audio from the trip. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're coming back on our way from C3. It's been, what, about 14 days now? And, uh, 14 we're all, days from what? I don't know when we started. It feels like forever. 14 days? Yeah, what is it? Honestly, like five? It's been a six, week. We left... It's Monday. We left last Tuesday. It's been like exactly seven days. Well, we are all very exhausted because we all put in many hours of volunteer time. Not as many as you. Well, that's true. Uh, well, Dave might have. No. I, oh, speaking no, of Dave, Dave is our understudy Ron Garner because Ron had the wonderful blessing of getting sick and being sick for all of Celebration. And where did he get the sickness from? He likes to blame it on me. <laughs> so but I think I'm guiltless. Wow. And so stepping in for Ron is our stunt Ron, Mr. Yeah. Dave Anderson. I'm sorry for the inconvenience, folks, but yes, it will be me for the next show. Thank you. <laughs> and we also happen to have his lovely wife, Rebecca, and lovely daughter, uh, Madison, which you probably will not hear. Unless we pass Madison to me. Which Madison, as you can hear by the baby sounds, <laughs> that's Rebecca's impression. Of Madison. Wow. So, <laughs> it's a harp steel. Nice. <laughs> like a harpy. <laughs> nice. So this episode will most likely be filled with many inside jokes that we have experienced over the past few days. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to try to limit get, them, but you won't get any of them, and you'll just be completely frustrated and annoyed. But we'll try to keep them down. Well, Rich, I'd like to interview you. Me? Why me? Because you're there. Okay. Because ev you interview everyone else, I'd like to interview you for once. Okay. Well, what do you want to know? Idea. So, what is your name? My name's Rich. What is your favorite color? I'd have to say black. Is that what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? African or European? I'll have to go with American, actually. I would say about 1.2 grams per second. Okay, cool. So, um, I have no idea what a gram would have with airspeed. But I don't either, but it sounded really good. <laughs> you sure are pretty far smelling. Yeah. <laughs> From celebration. We have traveled through how many states? Three, one, North Indiana, Ohio, West Virginia, and now we're in Virginia. Four. So yeah, four states. We still have to yet to go to North One more Carolina. state, we're home. Okay. Now Yay. you need to be quiet, Dave, because yes, I'm interviewing Rich I'm and sorry. not you. When you get interviewed, then you can talk. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So, Rich. Yes. You can only say one thing. What was to you the highlight? Of this con, what was what made the con for you? The number one thing, and you don't have to say friends. No, it actually contains. Oh wow! A, well, fine. It contains a few. <laughs> it contains a few words. It's actually slave Leia's in cages dancing. Okay, can you expound <laughs> upon that? Was a celebration. That was fat con. Oh, okay, so okay. Doesn't count. At, at the convention itself. Gosh, I would have to say volunteering, not because of the fact that we were helping many people, but because 
we actually ended up being able to have more priority after the many hours that we worked, so we didn't have to stand in line. If you are Rebel Legion 501st, uh, if you're a part of any fan group, always check with whatever convention you go to if you can volunteer, because oftentimes you can get all kinds of <coughs> specials and whatnot, because while you're putting in your hard work, you may end up not getting to stand in the five, six, seven, eight hours of lines, yet you still get to experience everything from George Lucas's talk to the Star Wars store, which I did not partake of, but everybody else did. So you still got your talking bader? Yes, I did. Thank you very much, Janine, which of course I paid for. Not That wasn't a gift for you folks. She doesn't have any more, so don't ask for him. But, uh, yeah, you'll be finding him on eBay starting at $100 <laughs> a piece. No kidding. And of course, we can't forget the Rick McKillum Star Wars Spectacular. I didn't see that. Well, of course not, because you're so spoiler-free. It was actually advanced footage from Episode 3, which of course, none of you will see if you didn't go to the convention, unless you happen to check Kazaa, Napster, or whatever peer-to-peer -peer sharing network is available today. Okay, um, so that's what, okay, that was your favorite part. What was the favorite costume you saw there? Ooh, gosh, there were a lot of them. We had a Captain Jack Sparrow Trooper. No, okay, I want to know your favorite. I didn't I, ask I, for all well, of them. I'm trying to think of the, the good one. There was the, the, light, the lightsaber that looked phallic. There was, <laughs> gosh, there was, there was the Elvis Trooper. There was, there were, I'd have to say, really, the... The four George Lucases that were walking around. The four skinny guys with fake bellies and black beards there was that were glued onto their face. There was literally a gaggle of George Lucases walking around the convention. That had to be about my favorite co uh, costume. Nice. Uh, we're trying to clear our ears. I like George Stuckey. Yeah. Okay. What George, did you? Yeah. What's your take on George Stuckey? You got an interview with him. Yes. So quick, quick opinion on him. And, George, and for those who don't know who he is, quick sum up. George Stuckey is uh, one of the gentlemen that uh, was that filmed the movie uh, Saving Star Wars, which I believe is available at <laughs> SavingStarWars.com. Uh, David Prowse is also in it. It's a feature-length film uh, where a father. Actually, you know what? I'll just go ahead and let him explain it. We have an interview uh, with Mr. George Stuckey. Uh, listen to it now. Enjoy. All right, hey everybody, I'm at C3. Look who I'm with. I'm with jo Wait a second here. Why well, you're not George Lucas? As a matter of fact, you are here as part of uh, Fox News, correct? We're, we're kind of promoting the convention and saving Star Wars, a small film that we were in. Ah, very nice. Now, uh, where can people find uh, more information about Saving Star Wars, and what is it about? Saving Star Wars is available at SavingStarWars.com. Um, it's a story of the lengths a father will go his son's last wishes. Basically, his son, son and father are huge Star Wars fans, and the son is ostensibly terminal. He sends his father on a mission to meet George Lucas, uh, handing him a letter telling him to not stop making Star Wars films. The little boy believes no more Star Wars films, dad will forget the boy. It's a very touching uh, it's, it's serious. It's, it's uh, we've got actually the lead actor, Joe Urban. Joe? It's Joe. Come on, man. You're the lead actor of Save hey, Star Wars? I am. Is that correct? Hey, talk to me. Play Woody Garrison. Hey, I only got a minute. Cool. I'm the father, right? The father of the son. Oh, yes. He's trying to find this guy. Okay. That's awesome. Now, what kind of uh, go. feedback have you guys I had from uh, the people that you've spoken to about it? Very positive. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the film just came back from London. Uh, the Sci Fi Film Festival was nominated for Best Screen Fantasy. And uh, uh, Jim Peterson, who plays Hank, won. Uh, 
<laughs> he won. He won uh, best supporting actor. So against some um, multi-million dollar uh, films, our creator and producer Gary Wood. Now, obviously, that is the the film will be able to be purchased here or no given out. <laughs> come on, Gary. Yeah, come on, man. Gary's giving out free signed copies. No, I'm signing them, George Lucas. <laughs> All right, now another quick question because of course you're here as as George Lucas. Uh, are you uh, worried or trepidatious about uh, possible reactions? Well, you know, Celebration Two was just fun. This time I'm scared. <laughs> no, why are you scared? Well, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I know what I would do if I saw somebody impersonating me. I bought it. And I chased him around. I'm doomed. <laughs> well, you could just go around blessing people too. Hey, it's George Lucas. Well, I think I'm going to Lucas do, blesses you. I'm going to do like Hayden Christensen is doing here. He's going to be wearing a stormtrooper costume. He stands about that tall, white suit. You'll see him. Blends in totally. Yeah. Well, that's phenomenal. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, of course, the website again was SaveStarWars. SavingStarWars.com. I'm sorry, SavingStarWars.com. Just like the movie. And uh, will uh, copy be available online, or are there teaser trailers up there? Uh, there's there's two trailers online, and also. Um, you can purchase it through the website. Yeah. It'll be showing here at the Celebration at the IMAX. Awesome. Um, the times are listed on the website. I don't have them offhand. That's kind of fluid. Awesome. Again, thank you very sure. much. It was good to meet you guys. All right, now we're back to our interview with Rich, and I scratched my eye during that break. Magic radio. Magic radio. <laughs> um, I heard a really funny story, and maybe it was Dave, was it you who referred it to me? What, what happened with George Stuckey the first morning? Thursday morning, George Stuckey walked by. Oh, yeah, by. that's right. Um, as the lines were forming up after midnight on uh, Friday to uh, get in and see George Lucas, um, at about 5.30 in the morning, uh, Mr. Stuckey, uh, who it looks dead on, Just to like George. George Lucas, came out with um, two bodyguards. And, of course, they were his friends, and it was a gag they were running on everyone, but for the thousands of people in line that had been there since midnight, they didn't realize this. And people were actually jumping out of the line to run towards this guy to get his autograph because they thought it was George Lucas. Man, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, but it was just, it was, well, you know, once everyone got there, he let everyone know that he was not actually George Lucas, to this may have many fans. Um, but had to get back to the end what, of the line. Yeah, had to start back over five hours behind the line. And you know what killed me is that people did not have to go in that line for the last showing. They were saying, there's plenty of seats. They opened it up to anyone could just run up and go and sit down. This is what Ron and I did. But we showed time, up and made it in. But at the time, they didn't realize it. And I think it was a, quite a bit of bad work on Gen Con's part just because they didn't really know what to expect. They didn't realize how many people were. They were actually capping the amount of tickets, partly because of George Lucas, to sell for the Saturday uh, events. But uh, in, in that line, it was either for George Lucas or for uh, opening day, uh, <clears throat> there are many people in line, and, uh, you know, interviewers, uh, news uh, reporters were out there interviewing the fans and such, and uh, across the street comes uh, Jeremy Bullock. He was waiting for his breakfast to come uh, to the restaurant, which was right across from the line. Who's and Jeremy Bullock? Jeremy Bullock happens to be one of the 13 people that played Boba Fett. He is, of course, the most well-known. And uh, 13 people play Boba 13 Fett? 13 individual people have played Boba Fett. Oh, my um, gosh. Now, he crossed the street and uh, just stood out there and entertained the fans for a little while, told some stories, uh, shook hands, posed for pictures and everything. Well, all of these people had already been out there for... 
gosh, probably at least three, four, five hours, because this was right about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, many of the Morning Express volunteers were very early. Uh, everything from making sure lines were, were set up so, uh, so traffic would flow well, uh, whether it be the cars trying to cross the street or the people trying to get inside. Uh, sometimes it was for, you know, for George or to get in, in just into the building itself. There were lines all over the place, and there were a lot of people that were helping out, which, of course, to all the 501st members, uh, good job. I think that I think we kind of saved the con for a lot of people, everything from the crowd control that we did, uh, the helping out of all shapes and sizes, to even people like uh, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow walking down the line or... Elvis Trooper walking down the line, entertaining the folks, stopping for pictures, uh, even just going around telling jokes. Matter of fact, we had uh, myself, uh, one of our Vaders, Chris Sanders, as well as one of our troopers, uh, Jim Epps. We were walking down the line, posing for pictures, as well as doing our Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions, uh, flexing, uh, all kinds of things. And uh, I think we really helped the line along move the a little bit better. Along the lines of the Elvis Trooper and the Captain Jack Sparrow, what was your take on the four Ghostbusters? Showing up to the Star Wars convention. You know, there were a lot of people that were uh, not in what would be considered Star Wars canon costumes. Um, we had, uh, of course, the, the full Jack Sparrow at one point in time. For a while, he was wearing just the uh, TK armor and the Jack Sparrow, uh, you know, head, head basically, you know, interchangeable. Um, there were the Ghostbusters. There was a bat, uh, two Batmans actually. There was one of a them, girl Batman. One of them was a girl Batman that was wearing a Tie Pilot helmet. I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the movies. Um, you know, we even had different variations of the the stormtrooper armor with uh, the tie dye. There was there was a Django the George the George armor. The George armor. There was a, a, a Boba Fett that had a lava lamp for the rocket. Uh, you know, oil cans all over him. Um, I think. But what I, did you think of the the hip hop bling bling Boba Fett? I thought that was pretty. That was pretty fett. P a t t t. There was <laughs> there was also uh, gosh, there was also a lightsaber. A fully operational walking lightsaber. That was pretty interesting. There were two Grievouses, uh, which was really neat. But really, the, <laughs> I think it was very odd for these people to show up and not wear Star Wars costumes. Not that it was a faux pas or anything, you know, party foul, but uh, it was just a, this was a Star Wars convention. Any other convention is understandable. Matter of fact, that's why I like going to other conventions. There's nothing like uh, seeing, you know, a Ghostbuster, uh, uh, a pirate, and a fetishist walking down the hallway. Um, Speaking of Ghostbusters, Dave, did you feel jealous? Did you feel left out that you left your Ghostbuster costume at home? <clears throat> Yes, I, uh, I, I I completely felt left out having your award-winning, own... first prize-winning Ghostbuster costume. Yes, had I known that there would be other Ghostbusters, I would have brought mine to a Star Wars convention. Okay, no, I'm lying. I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have at all. I, I would have never thought to cross. Pardon the, the cross. The, the sacred line yes, of dressing out anything <laughs> other than Star Wars costumes. No, I wouldn't. How have. dare they? Nerd. Well, now, a quick question to you guys, because you guys brought many different costumes. Uh, uh, Dave, you brought... Uh, what did costumes? you bring, Dave, and what did you end up actually wearing? Uh, List everything you brought. Sure, I brought uh, Imperial Stormtrooper armor, a Sand Trooper version. I brought a Jedi costume. I brought Imperial Officer, Stormtrooper Officer uniform. And, um, and, of course, Rogue Squadron Officer's dress uniform. And I did not wear the Jedi simply because I felt there was way too many Jedi walking around the con. Yeah. And I did not need to add into that. So I just wore it strictly Imperial, except for the one 
time I did wear a uh, Rogue, Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron yes. dress uniform. That's because the six we had six yeah. of us in the Rogue Squadron dress uniforms, and we all took a picture in front of the X-wing, which was a lot smaller than I thought it would be it in was real three, life. Three-quarter scale. Okay. Miss Rebecca, what costumes did you bring, and what did you wear? I brought Bausch. Um, who's Bausch? What's Bausch? She's Princess Leia in disguise. Yep. Um, I brought Imperial Officer uniform, and I brought my Rogue Squadron, which I, I have. The only thing I did not wear was Imperial Officer uniform. And your Trooper groupie. And, and I wore a Trooper groupie. Yes, and, I did. And what you got a few compliments on the Trooper yes, groupie too. Well, I had to pass them on because I overheard them well, from a couple hear, guys. Well, let's hear the one compliment. Oh, Rich will tell you the compliment. Go ahead, Rich. Well, well the one compliment was uh, I was in an elevator. Uh, there were. There were two sides of the hotel, the elevator on each side. And as I was riding uh, riding up, or I was riding down from a higher level, rather, and a guy taps me on the shoulder, a guy I didn't know, and he says, oh, dude, check out that chick over in the elevator over there. Man, she's hot. Keep in mind, I had and, my baby on my hip. Mm-hmm. She had her baby on her hip. Now, and the Trooper Groovy costume, let's explain really quick. Rebecca was wearing knee-high, white-heeled go-go boots, a very short white mini skirt, and a little teeny white spaghetti strap tank top. And she looked good in it, and that was what the gentleman was trying to convey. And her tiara. And, and the tiara, we can't forget the tiara. And as he says, dude, dude, she's so hot. And he's like, man, I wish that elevator was going up instead of down. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. By the way, that's that's uh, Rebecca Anderson. She's actually the wife of my uh, of my CEO. He's like, dude, oh, man, I'm so sorry. XO, XO, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, and so just as the doors opened, I walked. I was like, dude, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's before the doors close. You got a point, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so you know, and also Janine. So Rebecca had... didn't wear her officer. Didn't wear officer. Jeez, so, um, what didn't I bring? Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, I had stormtrooper. I had my. I premiered my Izard. I premiered my slave Leia. What's... I premiered my rogue squadron. I did not wear my A New Hope Leia, and I did not wear my Jedi. What was what, Dave? What was Izzard? What was that? Oh, my Izzard, um, she's ex- she's expanded universe. Uh, nerdy, how nerdy can I be? Um, she is from, she originated in Michael Stackpole's X-Wing books. She's the director of Imperial Intelligence. She wears a red uniform. She's got black hair, straight, with two white streaks in the front and a red eye and a blue eye. So if you ever see an Izzard out there and she does not have a red eye and a blue eye, she's cheesing it, she's doing the costume wrong, and you should kick her butt. And also, you'll be able to find uh, Janine's Izard in one of the upcoming chapters of Sins of the Jedi. Now, she does not have a speaking role. She, it's more of a, it's more of a wink to the fans that catch that because she'll be in the background. And I'm in a green uniform. It's mm-hmm. before I'm the director of Imperial Intelligence. Correct. And before you, Izard is, rather. Now, you mentioned your slave Leia, and I was just thinking, you know, what you could have done was you could have gone down there for the slave Leia photo shoot, wearing the A New Hope Leia, and then take that off and have the slave Leia underneath, which is a segue to a story I. Well, in one of the restaurants, there was a guy from New York there who told us, "Oh man, you know, I'm loving the convention so far, but I went to a, I went to a titty bar earlier." In, a what? Uh, a titty bar. Oh. I know my accent's more Boston than New York, but I can't really do a New York one. He said, "And it, you know, I saw this, this this amazing thing there." I'm gonna stop the, with the accent now. Um, <clears throat> he said that uh, while he was there, he saw a woman come out with the 
a New Hope Leia, completely see-through. And after a few, you know, dances, gyrations, whatever, she took that off. There was a slave Leia underneath there, and then she proceeded to strip that off. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> so it's nice to see that a lot of the local businesses getting into the Star Wars theme yeah. with, uh, with you know, the convention being there and everything. So speaking of Dave... Um why don't you tell us a little bit about the 501st headquarters at the convention? Well, the Bloodfin Garrison, which is the local garrison there for Indianapolis and Indiana, um, they'd gotten together with one of the local restaurants uh, called The Ram, and it was fantastic, by the way. And they had worked out a deal that um, for anyone that came from the 501st in costume or out of costume, just with either a lanyard with where our, uh, our comm badges were or a T-shirt that said they were members of the 501st, they would get a discount. Now, if you came in costume... You would get 50% off a special menu that they'd set up for us. But if you didn't, you just had your 501st identification on you. It would result in 25% discount. Well, I had read the email and imagined, well, that was nice. It would be a nice little place to go and eat. When we got there and we went there the first night, this restaurant, they had just changed their entire decor to a Star Wars, like, fanboy restaurant. Yes. They had... The banners out with our garrisons on it. The welcome. They had put a huge banner, at least three by six feet, that said the official outpost of the 501st Stormtrooper Legion. They had all six Star Wars movie posters. Oh, they were. Oh, it was incredible. Um, like I said, a special menu set up just for us. With great stuff on it, too. Oh, they didn't cheese out on that, the menu. Uh, it was amazing. And the, and the manager of and that... And all the stars were eating there all oh, yeah. the time because they got in for free. Yeah, and for free. So, yeah. of course, all the fanboys went there, too. Yeah, and the restaurant manager, Dave, and I, and I can't remember his last name, but he just went all the way out on it and made us feel really welcome. And we definitely gave him as much patron as we could. We ate there most nights, at least once. Well, guys, I really hope that you enjoyed our Celebration 3 wrap-up. I know that we we all had an absolute blast at the convention. If you weren't able to make it, you guys missed something special. However, there seems to be a lot of uh, hinting in the air about a Celebration 4 coming up at the 30th anniversary. So I guess that would be 2007. So right around the corner, just a few years away, uh, there... We are hoping that there will be, and which would most likely be about the time of the launch of the new television show, or um, or possibly two television shows, um, from Star Wars, from Lucasfilm. And so, uh, just want to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, this is still not the new format of the show. This is still a bit uh, disjointed, um, because, of course, I decided to bring us back right in the middle of convention season. So, of course, where we get lots of material. Um, next month will most likely be Episode 3 uh, wrap-up from, you know, the movies coming out, in case you hadn't heard. <laughs> a little movie called Episode 3, uh, May 19th. Um, if you're looking for something to do on May 19th, honestly, hit your lo- try to find your local fan force, 501st, uh, Rebel Legion, uh, Jedi Assembly, Great Army of the Republic. Find, try to find all of these people, because... Almost everybody's going to be doing a lion party somewhere, and it is you to really appreciate episode three or any Star Wars movie. Be there opening night, earliest showing you possibly can with all the other Uber geeks that are there, and you will be in store for something special. Uh, it'll probably be about the most reverent that people will be for a movie. If you would like more information about us and the show, go to our website, of course, requiemoftheoutcast.com. You can also find us at starwarsfanworks.com, the home of Star Wars Internet Fan Audio. Um, also, you, uh, we have this show available via podcast. 
Uh, go to the website, RequiemOfTheOutcast.com, for more information on that. Uh, podcasting, you do not need an iPod to listen to a podcast. Uh, repeat, you do not need an iPod. <laughs> you basically listen to it the same way you listen to the show now. The only difference is that you will download it automatically, as well as a little bit of extra content uh, throughout the month that I will be releasing via the podcast only. Um, also, you can give us a call, uh, leave a message. We will probably use it on the show if it's nice and clear. The number is 206 206- Three 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 one one three eight. Please identify yourself uh, when you call. Also, um, I am able to know who it is that calls because it does identify. So, uh, whoever you are in New York, I have my guesses. No, Janine will not have your baby. Sorry, she's not interested right now. As sweet an offer as that was. <laughs> and. And, of course, don't forget our forums, which are available at our website at RequiemOfTheOutcast.com slash forums. And so I hope everybody has a wonderful time at Episode 3. Uh, oh, wait, I, I can't believe I almost forgot this. I Mainly because I'm sure my acting is incredibly uh, uh, good right now. <laughs> um, before I forget, uh, you know, forget in quotation marks, because obviously this whole thing is planned, um, the only thing that uh, topped the Bikini Leias at the convention, and oh, there were gorgeous Bikini Leias at the convention, and uh, I got to see a lot of them cage dancing to its back on. Yeah, nothing better than seeing Bikini Leias in cages dancing, gyrating for our pleasure. Uh, I'd have to say the only thing that really topped that was what we found uh, within the first few hours of driving on the very first day that we left on Tuesday. Uh, we stopped for gas and to join up with one of our uh, convoy mates. And you wouldn't believe what we found. As, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to say what it is. I'm going to let the audio play for itself. Guys, have an excellent time at episode three. Have a lot of fun. I think Lucas nailed it this time. You guys have fun, and I will catch you on the other side. Okay, as you as you can see, we are standing outside of an exotic, exotic car, car wash. wash. And if you've never seen an exotic car wash before, which we had we, not until just a minute just a, ago, yeah. uh, what an exotic car wash is, is is a topless car wash. And apparently you, you drive in, and there's like a bar area there where you, you sit, and... Uh, you, uh, you drink and you talk to young ladies and other young ladies who are not wearing all of their clothing wash your car. Wash your car for you in, in, a, in a fashion, uh, you know, it, that resembles much like a, a movie I've once seen. Uh, but, yes, I was, I was very... Um I'm, I'm, I'm well, speechless. you know, it seems to it seems to me actually a very a very uh, practical concept because you know if you're washing your car, in yeah. nothing, you're not you getting can't your get anything wet. wet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That 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 was a genius concept. That was. That's that's pure entrepreneurship. That is what America is all about, right there, man. Exotic car wash, okay? That says it all. Go bald eagle. (laughs) Now, what would be the foreseeable problem with a plan such as this? Do you think piercings could pose a problem? Well, you know. Well, that's true. I mean, ooh, if you're piercing the wrong place and you get caught in the in the car door and. Ouch, that could be... Pa- I bet or you, you have to take scratch the piercings glass. out before, yeah. they, before scratch, they go. Scratch the glass, yeah. scratch the paint. I, I would almost think that they have a no-piercing policy. I would have to say that it would be a standing no-piercing, or piercings out for your ship. Yeah, at least. yeah. Exactly. Afterwards, okay, but not, not during. Not during. Not during. You don't want to hurt yourself or the car. So long, exotic car wash. Yeah.